Philadelphia. I'm Joel Embiid. Like, I want the ball. You can use John with anything. You can be like, yo, hey, them Johns is hot. Them, your shoes, you know what I'm saying? So it can mean anything. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Welcome back. Yes, this is the Fly Zone. We are back. The Philly Citric Podcast, talking all things Philly sports news, social, social culture topics, everything in the city. We are at episode 10. I'm joined with Deshaun the Connect Carter. And I'm one of your hosts, KS McLean. And we're back. I mean, we, we tried to give you episode 10. Listen, you already know what happened <laughs> in the city. We don't have to tell you what happened in the city. It's been crazy out here. We came, we, we came back, you know? The city stopped burning down. They restocked my favorite wine. So we back. <laughs> back to life, baby. <laughs> and, you know, it's been it's crazy out here. I mean, even even today, like it's PlayStation Five release day, so you know. Oh yes, it is. I've been texting yeah. everybody I know, like, yo, you gonna buy me a PlayStation <laughs> Five, right? <laughs> what you do? You get any responses? Hell no. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> so you, you know, we do we we do live in New Philadelphia, according to Chris Hack. So <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Like what? Doing all those things, and you can listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Amazon Podcasts. Hit us up on social media. Where, Sean? You can follow us on all social media platforms. On Instagram, we are at the.flyzone. And on Twitter, you can follow us at the fly zone. Tap in. And you know who's been tapping in? Listen up. And you know who's been listening to people? The who's Sixers. Actually, oh. actually, actually fixing the front office. Who would have thought? Uh, we left. I mean, where we were when the in these offseason, Sean, was we thought the, we thought the front office was incompetent. We thought the front office in- incompetence led to trash contracts with Horford and Tobias, and we thought that our star players are—they uh, just—they're not in the game mentally or hard. I don't know. Uh, but as we stand now, the star players—we'll see. But the front office looks way, way different, and we're talking about the recent hires of Dan Burke, Sam Cassell, Pete Dominguez, which were reported, you know, a couple weeks ago, but it was officially announced. They made it official, you know. The uh, last couple of weeks, obviously Dan Burke, he was hired um, as a he was a longtime Pacers assistant coach. Mm-hmm. He was also coached for the Grizzlies and the, and everybody else. And we all know this is the guy that had beef with Joel Embiid. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 I quote Mr. Dan. He said, "What do you say?" He said, "Embiid gets away with gets a away bunch so of crap." Much. That's what he said. He said he gets away with a bunch of crap. That's what he said. <laughs> And then B was just like when he hired him, you can come watch me get away with it in Philly because yeah, you could get front row seats, buddy. Uh, so that's where we are with that. We also hired Sam Cassell. Honestly, I, I knew he was in, obviously with a, with a connection to Doc Rivers in, in the Lake in the Clippers. He was interviewed for the Clippers job. He did not get it, and the whole consensus was that if he didn't get the job with the Clippers, he would come here. And guess what? Ding 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 ding. They were all right. Negro Domus is you were right. He's yes. in Philadelphia. Yes. Coach. And let um, me tell you, I am not complaining. I, I love that hire. Yeah, and I, you know, it's a good hire. He, he, people. A lot of people think it's going to help prop up Ben Simmons. Obviously, he was developmental. Uh, John Wall has also credited him with helping him develop his shot in Washington. So every offseason, we do the dance of is Ben Simmons going to learn to shoot? Is Ben Simmons going to be the shooter that we? And I, I told you previously, and you know, on this podcast, I do not care about his shooting. The, as much as everybody else does, I care that he could score. Um, but if Sam Cassell could come in and elevate whatever confidence he has in his shot, take it a little bit higher, great for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I don't, the only reason I care about him sh- actually like shooting jump shots and not necessarily threes, like just jump shots, is because he wants to play the point guard position. Like if he wants to stay at the four or be like a stretch four point four, then that's to me that's different. You don't have to shoot like per se jump shots or long jump shots. I'm okay with it, like a fifteen footer. But if you want to play the point guard position, I do think you have to shoot the ball. I yeah, I agree. You definitely jump shots. I, I yeah. To clarify, like I don't care if he shoots threes. Obviously, we both agree about spacing and everything else. You have to yeah. shoot. You have to have that threat. We also hired Pete Dominguez. Pete Dominguez also worked with Doc Rivers in with the Clippers, and he's been elevated to associate coach with the Sixers. He was a video coordinator with them. But the biggest hire, the oh, opening credits of the Simpsons when the clouds part, the oh, ah. <laughs> thank you, Daryl Morey uh, coming here from Houston. Um, I mean, the man quit. The man retired from Houston, and he was a Sixer within like forty-eight hours. You know, he got yeah. here faster. He took he got here faster than a wire transfer from my, from TD Bank to, to Bank of America. It was just like you know, 
Yeah. Here he is. And obviously, he's here to work in tandem with Owen Brand, who also signed an extension. Maury signed a five-year deal. During his tender tenure with the Houston from 2007 to 2020, Houston Rockets posted the most wins in the NBA behind only the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, he also was responsible for Black Boston trades uh, that brought in James Harden to the Rockets that also brought in, obviously, as we know, the now trying to lead Russell Westbrook. And when you look at, if you look, you look at it, uh, his principles, as we all say, is, is about finding the, the concept of Moray is the money ball, right? They feel like yep. we, he wants to elevate, he wants to get as many volume shooters, shoot as many efficient shots as possible. Around James Harden, he developed the, one of the most efficient teams of the last decade. Plus, and he's a, he's been at the forefront of analytics, been the three point revolution in the, in the NBA, and that's been his style. And I think a lot of people saw this as well. If he's a money ball guy, if he's a jump shooting guy, if if he's all that, then how are we going to fit here in Philadelphia? I personally don't see it that he is a jump shooting guy. I think he's a guy who maximizes the scores of your team. He'll build a team around your talent. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, one, were you happy with bringing Morey in and do you think Brett Brown's bully ball roster as it is will be effective in the way Maury approaches basketball? First of all, I'm, uh, I love the hire. I love the hire. I think they're going the, the, the right direction. I was a little nervous because of their track record. I, I thought that they were going to try to do another like up and coming guy or uh, I'm talking about far as I'm, when I say when I say they, I mean a front office pertaining to like hiring far as coaching that rivers uh, down to the GM or adding another GM on top of Elton brand. So I thought they were going to go with somebody who's like up and coming, somebody with like a name. They say like, oh, this guy has a bright future, but they went with somebody who's actually proven. And I love that. I honestly, I don't think this roster kind of fits what he wants to do. I know there will be changes, but I think they will give doc a little, probably good. I think they'll give doc at least uh, some time with this team to see what they look like, to see what they can do. But if some adjustments or some changes need to be made, I think he's definitely the, the right guy to make them happen. Because not only do I, do I think do I trust him to actually get something done, I trust him to bring the right players here. I actually trust him to do that. So I love the hire. How you feel yeah. about it? I actually, one, I love the hire. I love the hire of Moray because it gives me the, that's the ability. It's, it's similar to having a veteran in the locker room, right? Where you have yeah. somebody who has a history of getting deals done, a man who has a history of being a GM because no shade to Elton or full shade palm tree. I don't care. He didn't have the history of being a GM or running the front office. And I'm not going to say in the power struggle, who who did what deal, who brought who here, who paid a person $180 million. I don't know. I got an idea. But at least we know at Moray, this is a guy who has done it for decades, has done it effectively well, and knows what he's doing. Obviously, Ellen Brand is here for a long term. He's here for the long haul. So is Daryl. They both signed their five-year deals. The coach has a five-year deal. Yeah. The thing I look about it is how Daryl and Elton are going to work together to harmonize, to, to make the vision and the vision of this team be on the same page. Because if Daryl has a vision for this team and Elton has a separate vision for this team, it's going to it's going to go down, down to the roster, to our ones that lost us to everything else. If they're on the same page, they claim to be on the same page. They had that, that quad interview with Moray and Elton and Doc and Scott O'Neill week, two weeks ago. Then I'm fine with it. As far as yeah. this roster is concerned, I think we're fine. Now, okay, I don't want to be misconstrued. I think we're fine with more the way Maury wants to play basketball with this roster. Am I fine with the roster's talent? No. But I think there's a misconception that people believe that, oh, Maury only wants to sh- shoot jump shots. Maury only wants to do have this high-impact offense. Maury believes in scored efficiency. He doesn't care about the three-pointers. They became a three-pointer team in Houston because they got James Harden, and they built around that type of scoring. But he just believes in basic principles of getting effective people around your superstars and shooting as a, as many efficient shots as possible. Not as many threes, not as many shots, many, as many efficient shots. And so as far as people were saying, oh, there has to be a trade with Joel or a trade with Ben Simmons. I mean, he thrived with Yao Ming in Houston, Morey did. Yes, he he did. tried to bring Paul Gasol to Houston. It didn't work. He added Dwight Howard in Houston. He went after Chris Bosh in Houston. Like it's not like he does. He doesn't know the value of a big man. The, the offense in Houston with Yao Ming was way different than the offense in Houston we saw with obviously Harden. But he does it. He oh, doesn't yeah. make effect night and day, night and day. And I think it's going to be easy too because I think Joel and Ben need the same type of players around them to be successful. They Correct. both need like you know shooters who can space the floor. So 
I think it's like it makes it it's, it simplifies everything. It's not like oh, Joel can only be successful in this type of offense and Ben needs this. No, they both kind of need the same thing to be successful. So I think it kind of is like a a pitch perfect situation. I don't know what that means for our Horford. A girl can only hope. Christmas <laughs> oh, I do. Coming. Christmas <laughs> I exactly is coming. What it means. Christmas is coming early <laughs> for me, please. Okay, because <laughs> honestly, I feel like everybody else in his roster can work around that schematically, except for our Horford. Like. There's yeah. a reality where you could devise can still work with that kind of efficiency shooting that Josh Richards can still work. It's just Al Horford who can't run, who can run one miles per hour, who can't work. Yeah, we got we to gotta get rid of Al. And I hate to be like, to be like to be that way to talk about him like he's just like some old stiff he is older but he i think he can be effective on a team just not yes he one. will be effective in portland he will yeah. be effective in golden state i'm wink wink um wink, i'm trying wink. to sell i'm trying to, i'm trying to sell this man to these people so um <laughs> Mario, if, if, anybody wants, if anybody wants an effective sacramento if anybody oh, wants a yes, great I would love it. dominant big man he's so dominant you, sh- you should get him mm-hmm. great guy Paulus. great guy great leader you love them. As we said, with more of these trades, the Harden, Harden deal, the Westbrook deals, manufacturing deals, he tried to bring he brought Joy Howard to Houston. He tried to get Paul Gasol at one point. He's a deal maker. He gets people, when he wants somebody, he goes and gets them. Do you feel like this addition to a guy who doesn't stand pat and like rely on the roster as is will increase the chances we get somebody like Chris Paul or James Harden, as we all heard these trade scenarios, with Moray in the front office? I think it does. I think it does because one thing for sure we know about Murray is he, he make moves. <laughs> he makes moves. And not only does he make moves, but he looks to make a big splash. So uh, high impact moves, high impact moves. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know if, if he'll go after uh, a uh, Chris Paul per se, but I guess because he has history with James Harden, James Harden is familiar with him and James Harden probably trusts him to get players uh, to put players around him when he, when he needs it. Uh, I could see that happening before I see a Chris Paul trade happening, but I can definitely see him making a move for sure. I know you, I know you want to see it. I, I know you all people are like, Oh, I can see him do a Chris, Chris, uh, James Harden trade. Cause you text me that this earlier today <laughs> with that whole BS. Like, would you, would you take I was James Harden with Ben Simmons I was just up? simply asking a question. <laughs> I was just simply asking a question. And you heard see my answer. Yeah, it was it. Yeah, and I told you you were crazy. You're crazy. You I would, told you you were crazy. You trade Ben Simmons for James Harden straight up. James Harden, who's 30. You act, okay, let me just ask you this. James Harden gets traded to the Sixers. We got Embiid, and we got this roster. We'll we'll add some people who cares, whatever. How many more games do the Sixers win this year? With James Harden? Correct. If you add, if you swap them to out, I think you win the extra, you, you win more 10 more games. You okay, and I said, I said 18. So you go from a, so you go from a, a 51 team to a 61 team with James Harden. Okay, so I said eight, you said 10. So we was around the same sphere anyway. We both agree with one more games. Does that yeah. make the Sixers a championship caliber team with James Possibly. Harden? Possibly, yeah. Yeah, I think we have, a, I think our chances oh are, are, are oh far greater. I do. Oh my God. I think, I, I think, I think our, our chances are far greater with James Harden who has playoff experience. I'm not, not talking only, about not only does, points up. Is I'm not talking roster? about that either. I'm talking about somebody who's going to not only when we get to, when the Sixers go to the playoffs, I'm not saying they wouldn't make the playoffs without Ben I mean without James Harden because they would. They will. Obviously he's East. Right. So but so what well, the I think our problem is when we get to the playoffs, we get enough we hit years past has proven we've gotten nothing from Ben Simmons in the playoffs. James Harden has been proven to perform in the playoffs. He's been Has to, he? Yeah, he's been to the, he's been to <laughs> the, the semis, I want to say three times. He's been to the, the, the Western Conference finals. We've been to the, no, I'm, I'm talking about are we not, he, are we a championship caliber team? Yes. Yes. James Harden makes us in contention we're yes. going to be in the NBA are you crazy? Finals. Yes. Are you, are you out of your mind? A, we play in the Eastern Conference. This is not the West. Okay. Yes. We yeah. play in the Eastern Conference. If we're, if we're contenders without them, why wouldn't we be contenders with them? We're not contenders without them. We have a chance. We have a chance. Okay. The only, the only team I'm, in the East was a, yeah. a, a real threat is Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, Miami, the heat gets the heat is better. We have no idea what Milwaukee's going to do. Like, I'm not scared of Milwaukee. Who, nobody's about forget Milwaukee. Talk about Boston, who's swept our yeah, yeah. I, Harden gives us a significant better chance. No, I'm saying we're going to significantly better to to be in the NBA Finals and compete in the NBA Finals. That's how better he makes us. I think when he, he gives can, us when a he better can chance. Do it, when yes. he can even do it himself with arguably more talent in Houston. The West is packed. The West has okay. I mean, LeBron has got the last weekend. He won the championship. I don't care. LeBron's been here two years, but even before <laughs> LeBron, the West was heavy. The West was heavy before LeBron saying, even got there. I think you but are in the Eastern over, Conference. Yes, I think that. I think, I think you're overestimating. James nah. Harden's value, and I'm a, I'm a, and nah. I'm gonna say this to the fans. I'm not even James Harden. St- I'm actually, as you know, a James Harden stand. I text about James Harden all the time in a group text. I love James Harden. I understand with this team, 
James Harden, will we finally get past the second round? Probably, maybe, probably. Are we, we going would. to are we are we going to compete in the NBA finals, beat in the NBA finals? I can't say that definitively, no. And if I I'm, can't say that definitively, there because because there are players you can add, you'll be like, oh, we got this player. Like there are other players in the NBA. If you told me, oh, you get Kevin Durant, I'm like, oh yeah, we're, we're NBA finals caliber team. He's not that player to me. I'm not saying that one player added to this roster can't make us that player. I'm saying he is not that player. The way we play, that he is not that's not that player for us. If we got Kevin Durant right now, we're an NBA finals team. If we got Steph I'm Curry right saying, now, we're I'm NBA finals. I'm not saying he's going to take us to the NBA finals. I'm not that's saying like, I oh, we get, you, if though. we get Harden. I said, yeah, I, but I all think I, I asked you though. I said, are but we I'm, asking, I'm saying that he gives us a better chance. He gives, yeah, but I think we have a better stand. chance. So I can, so you can. What do you he, mean? What's the point? He, my my odds are better. If why wouldn't not, I make my? If the, why wouldn't I make a move that's going to increase my odds? Why would I get why a twenty-one-year-old player who really just makes me sort of possibly maybe contend for the NBA Finals? That's not a sort of possibly. Right now, what you have now is a sort of, is a is a not even a sort of possibly. You added James Harden. It's it's past a, a sort of possibly. But be, you have you, a chance. You, you be taking away Ben Simmons, your best defensive player. You be inserting James Harden. Who's just gonna be on the ball, ball everything else? You you assume he's gonna play off of Embiid. Like I said, those two players by themselves. That's to me. That's I'm not because, guaranteeing because a championship work, with James Harden. A championship isn't guaranteed to anybody. It's not I'm even not, to LeBron. No, I didn't say guaranteed. I said, does he make you like I like like I just said to you? If we got Kevin Durant, yes. If we got Steph Curry, yeah. LeBron, yeah. If he's not that assertive, yes, dude. When you say when you mix him in here, you just say immediately yes. Then I don't care. I'm not going to go and get a 31 turn and 30 year old player. When I know I'm in the Eastern Conference and I can add a player like James Harden. So yeah, absolutely. For, for 10 more games and probably not and probably not to win anything. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I'm 10 good. more games means home court advantage, which gives which increases my odds even more. What? Yeah, you're tripping. Doug, like earlier, you're tripping. You're crazy. I, I, I'm, I am, and honestly, I've asked if somebody. Because, if somebody I've said, "Would you rather have question. Ben Simmons for the next five years, four or five? I got, you can say four, four years. Or I've James asked for the next question four years. To me, nobody said what you're saying. I'm picking Harden. Obviously, you are, and we will not win an NBA championship because the reality is, you can't those say two that. together. How do you know that? Because he's not that dude. It's not even about anything and else with him. You you saying it like? No, oh, I'm right. not and saying Simmons, Simmons is. is. I'm right. saying if if I'm not going to contend and win a championship, I will take the younger player. Cheaper player every time. Because these two players together know? will not win a championship. They won't. Who won't? Harden how do you, how can you say that? How Harden is say? not that dude. Nobody's saying Harden is a savior. Is the savior. And beating Harden together are not that combo. What I'm saying is he increases your chances. He increases your chances. But you ain't going to win a damn thing. You're not going to win a damn thing. You're not winning a damn thing now. Exactly. So give me the younger player. But with that player, I'm increasing my chances to win. I got better odds with James Harden than I do Ben Simmons. And that's hands down. But the probability you win in anything is still like not going to happen. So what do I care? No, it's not. No, that's 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 not true. You that's in your true. heart believe that the true the, the duo of Embiid and Embiid and James Harden can win an NBA championship. I'm not saying the that they're going to win an NBA the championship. What I'm saying is the two most uninspired they, they NBA players right now. Butter opportunity. But not, but why that's can't you answer my question? I'm not guaranteeing a championship. So you're trading. You're trading. You're trading away young talent. To win more games, to win more, to win more games in the playoffs, and to get further in the playoffs. Yes, he so does. You're trading away, so young, you're trade. trading away younger Hands talent down. just to have an increased probability of maybe fifteen percent for the next four to five I'm years. Yeah, I'd never I'm do that trade. Hard. And any person who agrees with any person who believes that they're out of their minds. <laughs> Speaking of out of their minds, I'm making that trade in my sleep. Go for it. That's why you're here, and Murray's not, and Murray's there <laughs> because. You say it like Maury would do that trade. You ha. Maury's not doing that trade. Maury would do that trade. No, he's not. You smoking crack rock right now. If you think that he, if Houston called him and say, give us Ben Simmons, we'll give you Harden. You, he probably he's not dropped doing Ben that Simmons to Houston. He's not doing that trade. You high right now. You smoking crack. I think you, I think you are over like value. I think you're overplaying your how much you think, the way you think Maury thinks. He's not doing that trade. Yes, when has when has Maury yes, ever when has Maury ever traded away young talent, assertive talent I, 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 for I whatever for, for, for Asian player? What are you what are you predicting him? We would do that trade off of. You have to go off his pre, his previous trades. You have nothing else to go on in your own inclination that you want the trade. You have nothing else to show for it. But I'm not saying I want the trade. trade. I'm not even. No, I'm just saying you're saying the same. You're you're high. 
like, okay, if I sit there and say to you, oh, Doug Peterson probably go from fourth down. Why am I saying that? Because he goes from fourth down more than any other coach in the NFL, right? No. So if you're sitting there, no, that's just because of what you think. No, I said he would probably go for it. I'm not saying he is. You only can predict actual future events in life off of previous actual actions. That's how you make a prediction. When later on we say how the Eagles going to play against the Giants or what are they going to do? That's a prediction. What are we basing that on? Statistics, the way you play, the way Giants play, la, la, That's how you make an informed decision. You can't sit there and say you're high if you think Morey wouldn't do that trade. What are you basing that off of? Other, you have nothing to, you have nothing to, no ground to stand on. He's never done a trade like that in his life, trading a younger player, younger all-star player for aging other players. That has never happened under Morey's watch in the over-decade experience that he's had in the NBA as a team runner. If Morey had opportunity to trade J- J- for Based James Harden and all he had to do Based off what you say, swap if they're swapping and they say, Hey, give what? us this guy, we'll give you this guy. Based I think he's making a trade. Let's say you thank you, thank you. I, I prefer you say that. I think I he think would. he's making a and trade. You're you're, he is, and so he you're is. certainly thinking because he's not doing because it. you're getting a better. So, so you you get, I'm not, I'm not going to take the better player because he's a little older. No, I'm not taking the better player because it doesn't really that it, it moves the needle a little bit, but not really that deep because you're not winning the east that way. So, that's just and again, that's it my, that's my opinion. That's just my opinion. You're not winning the east. You're not you're not really winning the East with this roster as it is those two players. Those two players together are uninspired. They're two of the most lethargic, lazy players in the NBA. I'm talking about Harden and Bead. They would just play off each other and just do what was me and sell their sneakers and we'd be sitting here like, oh, okay. Seeing as how we already saw James Harden surrounded by way more talent than he would ever walk into win this roster, and he still didn't do it. And he checked out almost every game seven, game whatever, went to went to Cabo after the game was over, could care less. James Harden is playing in the Western Conference. If you bring a player like James Harden to the East, and you don't think he's going, you don't think he can take this team to another level. You're he crazy. Is not, he is not. But you, you're. I don't know what you're not connecting. He is not that player. I've already said to you there are several places, players in the West that what you could do that with. Steph Curry would come here. Yeah, he's taking us to the NBA Finals. Steph, it's just James Harden. I'm not talking about his talent. He is extremely talented. And B is extremely I'm talented. I'm not calling you a hater. I'm, I'm not calling you a James Harden hater. Saying, like, I I'm need just, to realize like, he is not the guy. That, he's not the, no, he's not. He's for not, James he's Harden, not gonna, he is not he a team elevator. A he is not a team elevator. No, he is he not a is. team elevator. He is. Why hasn't he done what? it? Why has he done it? He's not a team elevator. No. What was Houston before James Harden got there? A playoff team? Who was there? Yao Ming and everybody else near running through with the big man ball? What? What was if they so if they were so hot and they were doing so great, what they trade for James Harden for? Because Yao Ming had a, a career and they lost one star, they had to bring a star in there. If we lost beat Joel Embiid's his lifelong, his legs broken to the end of time, exactly. they can't even walk. Had, exactly. you bring another exactly. star in here. They needed another star. Okay. They needed, they needed a star. I said a exactly. team elevator. What do you define a team elevator as? A team ele- I'm not saying it doesn't make a team better. I'm a talking team. about elevating you to another level. Embiid makes us elevate our team. all I've been saying. I said if he comes here, he takes this team to the next level. No. I just said that. I said, dude, I, I levels, said if he comes here, he elevates this team. He I, no, you, this you just team. misquoted me. I said he makes a person makes a no, team no, no, better. No, 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 I'm not quoting you. I'm telling you what I said. I'm not. That's, I'm not saying. Okay, I'm saying what I I'm said. I'm saying him making us quote unquote better. It does not move the needle because those him in the yes, it does to a championship caliber team. It doesn't for a championship team. It doesn't. So he is not. So he is so not Steph Curry. Stay. He is not LeBron so James. So, he is so not. Kevin, getting, he's not that dude. So, so instead of getting better, regardless if it's baby steps or giant steps, let's just stay where we are. It's pretty much what you're saying. It doesn't. You um, said it doesn't no, no, let's develop our young all-star talent. That's what I'm saying. We're doing. Like, what are you enough. talking about? What are you talking about? Now you're just, like that's assuming that's assuming a regression. I'm saying develop our young all-star talent. I'm asking you a question. Who's assuming anything? I'm asking you a question. Are you? Because you I'm say he doesn't you, move the we're needle not enough. Him. No, we're not. Nobody's saying where we are. You say nobody's he doesn't move the needle enough. Nobody. Exactly. Nobody's saying where we are. Nobody's so saying where we are. So, so let's stay stagnant. How? Why would we stay stagnant? That's what I'm trying to get you to what say. Do you mean? My, because you said you so you, so you instead of adding somebody who's a better player, you said let that because he doesn't move the needle enough. You rather stay where we are? I would no. I would rather develop our young talent. That's what I'd rather do with actual real coaching, which we would you have now, and an actual front office to support the real coaching. What I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Why would and I not I'm develop saying, the young? And I'm saying I'd rather there, add a better no, player. Develop your young talent. That's it. Develop your own talent. I don't think James Harden makes his team a championship team. So what do I care? We just we just disagree, and we probably will to stay disagreeing, which is fine. Obviously, what's the point of a podcast on the what James Harden does to a team? I've seen James Harden with more talent. I've seen James Harden with equivalent talent. I've seen James Harden since he's been in the NBA. You go to a different level. 
That's my and that's my opinion. All world players who actually have the ability to carry a team on the back and go work can go to any damn conference and, and do anything they want to do. Cause that's what they are. Now yeah, have, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's just, he was just, he was just, what, what, were they just in the semis in the West? I'm not saying, I'm not, uh, clearly, he can, he's going to do that either way, but I'm saying, yeah, you put him here, which is a, a easier slate, points. who knows what's going to happen? Well, 37 points, he's going to do it, yeah, like, I'm not saying he's going to diminish, he's going to diminish All-Star, I'm saying he's not that dude. And I just named you several people who are, and you and you and you and you agree with me. These people are those dudes. You agree with me that Seth Curry coming to Philadelphia would be way different than James Harden coming here. You agree with me that LeBron James coming to Philadelphia would be way different than James Harden coming here. There are all world players, and then there are there are really 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 extremely talented players that are make your team better, but do not elevate your team to a trophy. Really, there's a difference. That's all I'm saying. And if I feel like personally, James Harden is not that all world. Put a team on his back. We'll just lead, carry teams on the back, and lead men. Player, then that's what he's not. That, that's what I feel. And if I'm not going to have a guy who can motivate my young, lazy big man, all they're going to do is be lazy together. You don't. You, should, you don't need to bring nobody. You can't. There's nobody you can bring in here to motivate anybody. Motivate a grown man. I'm when it be wants to turn it on, it, no, he's going to turn I'm it on. Motivating him. I'm saying them together be a worse uh, a scenario of they're both lethargic. You can't have two stars of your team. Both these niggas not trying. That's out their stat. That's for their own stats. That's both going through the motion. Nah, I don't think I don't even think he's that type of player. I think I'm he likes about, to win. Uh, I think he likes to win. I think he like I think he's really good at. I think he's really an extremely talented basketball player. I th- I'm not knocking James Harden's actual desire to win. I'm saying he's lethargic. It's not the same thing. Which means a lethargic player does not carry your team to greatness. It just does. I've never seen it. I, I think he. I think he can do a lot more for this team. He come here, take okay. get going, get in the store. Hopefully, this we'll never have to find out. Speaking of things, Listen. Uh, from new threads for the Sixers to new life for the Eagles, we're talking about Eagles football. They got healthier during the bye, but we cannot go full bye until we talk about that. I guess so called the win. I guess sorry, it's not so called the win against the Cowboys two weeks ago. We have to talk about yeah, it. You know? They don't do them like that. They <laughs> definitely won. Finding <laughs> plot one. Um, TJ Edwards. Uh, and so we're talking about the Cowboys. <laughs> the Eagles defeated the Cowboys twenty three to nine on Sunday, November first. Uh, it was a first game back for Dallas Goddard, Jalen Rager, who scored his first NFL touchdown. Lane Johnson also returned. TJ shout Edwards. out to that man. Shout out. Many more, please. TJ Edwards returned, and he actually obviously had a huge monumental play in that game. Jason Peters also returned. In the game, Carson Wentz was 15-27 for 123 yards and two touchdowns and two interceptions. Don't, don't forget that you're missing another two. Oh, uh, yeah, the, we, the fumbles. Correct. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Travis Fulgham continued his show, six receptions, 78 yards, and one TD. I mean, he was using Travion Diggs. Travion Diggs, bro, he was. Yo, that's crazy. And I was thinking, I'm like, yo, because they. I was kind of surprised. I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of Fogel, man. I'm, I'm proud surprised. of him. He been, he be eating everybody. If he ate around, if he ate a lot, of Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters and Joe Hayden, I was not worried about Diggs. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm full Fogel Hive. Like you can't best receiver in the NFL. Don't, don't at me. Anyway. Oh shit! Oh <laughs> yeah, damn! Yeah, yeah, give me the jersey. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> TJ Edwards, hotline play of the game. TJ Edwards late game strip sack, which was returned for a touchdown to seal the game by Rodney McLeod, who's having a really solid year. So before we get into everything else, the bye week, everything else, what were your thoughts on the Cowboys game? What were your thoughts watching the Cowboys game? What were your thoughts when it was over? I've never been more disgusted by a win. <laughs> um, I thought that I was I had high expectations, man, coming into that game. I, I really thought the Eagles were going to dominate. I'm like, yo, this could be like yep. what turns the season around. And Danucci, who was that? Dude, Danucci's back there playing. I'm like, yo, this is gonna be this is gonna be it, right? So I was wrong, obviously. <laughs> um, I was happy that they they went in there, they did what they were supposed to do, which was come out with the win. But it was such an ugly win. I couldn't really appreciate it, man. It, we looked hard. We didn't look good. It looked like the bad with the bums out there. We're playing a third string quarterback, man. We looked bad. We looked bad, honestly. I feel like if we were a good team, a good team would have went in there and dropped and dropped at least thirty points on that on a team like that. Yeah, in the first half. And that's and, the, and I'm talking about in the first in half. In the first half, exactly. With that, with that history, that like, and that defense is hysterically bad. Historically it's, bad. Like, like, historically bad. Like not just bad on, this man. year in the history of the NFL. Historically in bad. The history the of the NFL. Like first come on, and you can't draw up nothing. You can't draw up anything. Defense to cap it, like a third. That was bad, man. And then rookie quarterback. You got, then, Sorry, you got to expect right. How you not expect? They playing a third string quarterback. You got to expect the trick plays. 
They were. I'm, they came out the gate capitalizing off trick plays. You gotta expect it. They're not gonna let that man sit back there in a the pocket and just throw the ball. They're gonna run trick plays. And it's like we weren't even really, we weren't even really ready for that. We kind of had to adjust. And then going into halftime, the coach goes on on TV and says, "Oh, we got a couple more trick plays up our sleeve." Like they're not even worried. Like they're, they're out there. They're out there. They're like, man, you know, we might got this actually. You know what I mean? We're out there giving them confidence. It was. It, it wasn't a good win. And honestly, it spoke to me more. But like from like a coaching standpoint, it's like you gotta have your guys ready to go out there and dominate because that's like a, a confidence game. You know what I'm saying? And they didn't capitalize on that. I don't think. Man, I want to say a few things. Ben DiNucci is the worst passer I've ever seen in my life, and I've been to Pop <laughs> Warner games in like when I'm watching, you know, the Aztecs play whoever, and I've seen better quarterback play in Pop Warner. In Pop Warner, <laughs> he's the worst passer I've ever seen. So to sit there before the strip sack and to be in a fight, and obviously primarily because your quarterback had four turnovers. Uh, so I won't, I don't, I'm not going to diminish the Eagles' defense. I'm not going to diminish that side of the ball. There were things to clean up, yeah. TJ, the linebacker looked better, the core looked better about Nate Gary. I'm not going to diminish on that because it's very hard when your team gets, puts you in, a, in horrible situations. When your quarterback, usually we have four turnovers, you lose the game. So the reality is Ben DiNucci helped us, and also like the defense was in a horrible distress. But I want to note, for the people who deluded themselves, thinking, well, this week the Giants coming up, we're getting healthier. Last week was the healthiest Eagles ever has been since like week one or two. We got several key players back. We were the healthiest mm-hmm. we've been in a while, two weeks ago, I mean. Mm-hmm. And we were struggling against arguably one of the worst teams in the NFL, who at that point, and I'm talking about predict they were one of the worst teams in the NFL. Without the without the Falcons not knowing how to do onside kick, they would have been 0 4 before they lost that. They would have been, yo, I don't know. What's their record? I'm sorry. Well, they, have, they, they, won, they, they won two games or one game? They have two wins. They have two wins because they played. They have two wins. They played uh, Bums. Washington. I'm trying to think who else they beat. So that's sitting here. They beat the Giants in overtime. No, they two wins are the Falcons, no, the Falcons and, and the Giants. The Falcons, yeah, Giants. Falcons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. this is before they lost their table quarterback. One of the worst teams in the NFL could have been 0 4. Now they had a they arguably the best backup in football, Andy Dalton. He goes down. We have <laughs> starting Ben DiNucci, a seventh round, repeat it, a seventh round rookie out of Pittsburgh. And as we both know, because we fan base in ACC, Sean, Pittsburgh ain't never ain't producing. <laughs> Pittsburgh ain't never produced nothing but Shady McCoy. That's Pittsburgh, it. Whether the score is like those are wins because ain't nothing going on down there. So we play nothing. The worst team in the league, arguably, before Dax lost. They got a horrible quarterback situation. Their their runner back has been checked out since Cabo. Historical bad defense. <laughs> Amari Cooper is disgusted with himself for signing a long term deal year there, and. We can keep going. The injury, the offensive line, they, they, they've lost both tackles. And we were in a dogfight. Long story in short, in we were fight. in a dogfight. We were in a dogfight until the defense thankfully saved us. First of all, Brandon Graham saved us with that strip set when they were in the scoring position in the first I was quarter. about to say, don't put that, don't get that to the defense. Get it to BJ. No, the two of them. McLeod's touchdown and BG's in the first half. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, like, outside, <laughs> we would have been, we was in a dogfight. And I have never been more disgusted. I, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to admit it right now. <laughs> I turned to play a game off for, and the first time, I, this is the first time I ever did my, in my life, my life breathing air, in my life breathing Rihanna's air on this earth. Oh, I turned God. the game off for at least a quarter, in the third quarter, because I was so disgusted. You've never done it? Never. I've never done it. I've, I, I've never done it, because I resolved with myself, I don't even care what happens in this game. Win or loss, this is horrible. Once we like, as we've seen, as we said several times in the podcast, the play calling was atrocious. Carson was atrocious. The most creative thing they did offensively, I think, was touchdown to Rager when he had an emotion. He came out to he flanked to the right and he hit him. Everything else was just predictable. Again, and then and then I gotta say, I gotta say, you sit there and you play the worst rush defense in football. And you abandon the run. And you abandon the run. To my, to, to my, like, what are we doing? Boston Scott, 15 rushes. Okay. What? That's that's <laughs> what we're dealing with. That's what we're dealing with. Um. And and that's why I say it speaks to me more so about, like, coaching. Because it's like, where you're not prepared, where y'all, where y'all taking these guys sweet? Like, where y'all taking it, like, not preparing? I don't know how like, you could. You only had two the team didn't look ready. 
How can you take somebody away? You got two wins in the season. Yeah, I don't know. So that's my thoughts on the game. I was disgusted. People out here can believe in moral victories. I don't believe in any moral victories at all. Listen, I like a win the, is a win, like but win. That was ugly. That was disgusting. You had the better quarterback, arguably. You had the better offensive line, arguably. You had the better not receiving core at all, obviously. But the better tight end and Goddard. You had the better defense, and you made it like we sitting there watching a nail biter against trash quarterback play again. The worst natural passer I have seen in my life. He did, he did, and the thing is, he didn't make one play. Ja'Cory Harris. He didn't make one play. Not one. With all the same, John. With people, because I honestly, you see Eagles fans getting hyped up. Oh, we got Alex back. Oh, we're going to get Earth back. We got Peters back. We got Malik Jackson back. We got Miles Sanders back. With all this being said, you saw a team as healthy as it's been in a while. We get more help. We get healthy in the bye week. Alshon Jeffrey, Isaac Sam, Malik potentially can play. Miles Sanders is playing. Craven Allen Blanc comes back. Reserve guard tackle Jack Driscoll is back. Malik Jackson's back, who I think was having a great year before he got hurt. And Nate Herbig is healthy. He, he practices that this week. Also, in the bye week, obviously, we were able to examine Carson Wentz and his struggles. Carson Wentz also said this in the bye week. He looked at his turnovers, and a lot of them are on him, having to just throw the ball away. And maybe he's being too aggressive. I just got to eat it, learn to live another play, another down. Sometimes it's just trying to do too much. You think? You think? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I remember texting you in a Cowboys game, and I'm like, this quarterback is a liability. Like, it was. He was, was the reason we were losing the game. He was it. He was the sole. Like I don't. I, like I said, I don't know if Carson Wentz doesn't have four turnovers. That game is in a blowout. Like, that's why I said I can't really speak to. Like I think Greg Ward's running his routes right. I think Jalen Rager was running his routes. I think Travis Fulgham was great. I think the defense played well enough to win. Obviously, especially against that quarterback play. I think the only reason it was in the, the shootout we claimed, we said was a tight game is because Carson Wentz was a liability. Carson Wentz was our biggest and he was enemy number one against the Cowboys. He was I, if he, if you had told me he was shaving points, he had a ticket in Vegas. I believe you. Yeah, he probably did. <laughs> he probably did. He, he probably is our it. worst enemy. And I want to yeah, say this man. clearly. I want to say this clearly because I'm not on the Carson. I don't care. I don't care about Nick Foles. I don't get Jalen Hurts or anything else. He's the he's our quarterback. He from a talent perspective, similar like. He is the most talented quarterback in the roster. In his, but the reality is, talent can't take it so far when you are actually the cause of your team's problems. Yeah, yeah. I can't keep forgiving this ridiculousness. Nope. I'm about to say, and you can't, you yeah. That's what I was about to say. It's like, and we can't just keep looking past this type of stuff and just assume like you're going to get it together. No, because you haven't given, you haven't shown us anything. We, we this is what week not week ten. This is week ten. This is week. It's he, been ten he weeks. Even said. That it's just something he gotta live and die. He gotta live with the edge of no one thought we would not. He probably will always struggle with his whole career. So he's just accepting it. Yeah, and and I'm sorry, but for me, that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. I, accept I will. I, yeah, usually, no. a person would say, know. "You're the reason your team is in these shootouts. You're the reason your team lost. Lost. You're the reason. You're the biggest detractor in your team." You say, "Oh, let me take accountability. I'm going to make sure I never do that again, or strive to do in that." Not saying, "Well, you know what? This is who I am." What? Yeah, like what? So, you, like, <laughs> what do you think the causes, what? what do you think the causes of Winston's struggles are showing this season? Is it Press Taylor? Is it Doug's offense? Is it Wentz? The pressure of the new contract, thinking he has to do so much because he, with injuries to the team, he thinks he's a carry the team. He doesn't know when to bail it out. Is it a combination of all of it, or is it just is it just him? I think he's just him. I think he's just trying to do too much. He's trying to be the savior instead of just trying to like run the offense. I feel like I feel like because he knows like where there uh has so many injuries. It's like he feels like, oh, I got to make something happen. Bro, just run the offense. That's all you have to do. I feel like he's just in his head like, oh, I have to make this happen. I have to do this. I have to do that. No, I feel like he's throwing the receivers. I don't know if you remember that deep ball he threw, or I think it was an interception. Uh, the, the receiver was double covered. It was like, why were you even which why one? Were we even doing? Which one? You said which one? <laughs> which one? <laughs> it was the one that he, I forget who he's throwing to. But it was the one where it, the, the, it was completely off target. Just against the Cowboys? Yeah, against the Cowboys. Is this the one that Travion Diggs, Tra Trayvon Diggs picked up in the end zone, or is it the one that they? Yeah, and, yep, in the end zone. Okay, yep, so yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, you're just like you're just trying to do too much, and it's like I think I think if he just got out of that and just committed himself to just running the offense, even if you got to be check down, a check the check down guy, who cares? That's better than turning the ball over or just missing guys. Like, come on, man. But I think it's just him doing too much, man. And I want to say I I think it's a combination of Carson because one one thing is 
it can't all be scheme because you can always take what the defense gives you, right? So it can't always be scheme. So as much as it ter- when he throws a pick or whatever, is there a Greg Ward opening the drag route? Is there a check down? Is there a whatever? Yes. So I'm not going to say it's predominantly a scheme because there's also an option for a quarterback to take what the defense gives you and not do to not be reckless and be careless with the ball. But I also will say that from an injury standpoint with the offensive line, that from an injury standpoint with the receivers he's had before Fulgham emerged, those weeks in which we just had Fulgham and like Deontay Burnett and whoever, with the play calling being as such. So I'm saying it's 85% Carson being having a year of regression. The point of the regression, I don't know if it's coaching or it's just him or both or probably just him. To me, it's just you because you take accountability as a player. I'm sorry. 15% of it. The play, the the scheme act, the schemes. We both said several times, these play calls are predictable. The scheme is predictable. We the the, the most the most creative plays we saw on offense hit, start came two weeks ago for the first time. The two weeks ago, the, the same Jalen Hurts dumb plays, the same route concepts. It's third and four. You got people going 10, 15 yards down the field. There's that plays into a quarterback's mind because when you when you call a play, they're calling it off the line. When you call in a play, and when you hike the ball. All your reads are gone. You will, when you're losing or, or you're trying, you will have a need to press. Because you're like, there's nothing there, but the play is structured. So I got to run around like an idiot. I got to try and be Superman. And I said, I, I said yeah. again, I said, this is only this is only 15% of it. 85% is his problem. Him. Yeah. But this yeah. 15% of these predictable drags, these fly routes, when it's third and four, when there's no motion to like isolate people one-on-one, when there's no extra creativity in the offense. I mean, I think uh, Lamar Jackson actually talked touched on on, on um, the Rich Asin podcast yesterday. He says they're going he to did. the Ravens are talking, but they go to the, go to the line and they're they calling the plays out. They're calling the plays out, yeah. He looks horrible too. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's horrible concepts, horrible schemes will make your quarterback, regardless of talent, look horrible. But either way, we will have to figure it out because we are in the midseason. And obviously, like as Carson once did a reflection on his own problems, we at the, the fly zone, we'll do some reflection on this team right now at, at the bye. So we're going to ask a few questions here about midseason awards. Clap it up for the people who actually deserve some claps. <laughs> so if I had to ask you, Sean, who is the team's midseason MVP right now? Who is it? The midseason MVP. Hmm. I think I got to go with the with the guy who's been most consistent. I got to go with Fogum. I feel like Fogum pretty much saved us this year so far outside of him none of our receivers have been really consistent at all so i'm gonna have to give him the uh midseason mvp right now i'm gonna say my midseason mvp and my defensive player midseason is the same person brandon graham right now on the field brandon graham appears to be the best player on the roster yeah uh brandon graham he is my midseason mvp he already has seven sacks in a year two forced fumbles 21 solo tackles um, he's obviously going to pop the ten plus sex this year. He might he might get it against the, against the Giants. Praying hands emoji. Uh, no, he'll definitely get it. Is BG your defensive MVP? Uh, Mitch's MVP? Hands down, hands down. Can't go to nobody. And offensively, else. I'm going to say your guy who was the MVP, Travis Fulgham, to me is the offensive Mitch's MVP. He, like you said, he saved us. That's yeah. it. Period. And, I, the be cr- the crazy. I actually was going to pick. Uh, um, Miles Sanders, if he did, if he didn't hurt, the best availability is availability. He was my set backup, but you, if you're not, if you're not you doing go. it, then like I can't pick you, bro. Exactly. Biggest disappointment of the year. Biggest disappointment. Go for it. Biggest disappointment. Carson Wentz. Easily. Carson Wentz. Easily. Easily. After I, big, big I, money. Uh, after the Brinks truck. Yeah. After you, after you took the show, you took the, you took the show in, and then to the first was God. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, and I think it's because it's been so the past two years. I are coming into the season with so much excitement, looking for him to just take off, pick up where he left off, and it's been complete opposite. I think the team, and I think <laughs> the team flows with him. I think we talked about the head of the snake. All the head of the the body of the snake always follows the head. Why is the team so inconsistent? Why is the team? They feed off the energy of the quarterback. Great, great quarterback play. It inspires other people. I don't even know who the boy Lazard is, the tight end or Tunyon is in, in Green Bay. But Aaron Rodgers, guess what? He makes him look dominant, right? So Travis Fulgham, I got BJ. Defensive, we both agree, BJ. Offensive, we both agree, Travis Fulgham. The biggest disappointment is Carson. I, I took it up a notch. I said it's a holy tr- trinity of people who are trash, Howie and Doug. Uh, your trophy can be held at the uh, Four Seasons Total Landscaping. Uh, pick it up. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
we do play a game this week. After all this misery we talked about, right? After all this, forget in their trash. Well, we will be. Guess what? We're still gonna be watching the game on Sunday, right? <laughs> like we still, they still got us. We're still be watching the game on Sunday, and then, and the Eagles currently sit at three four one atop the NFC East. We take on the New York Football Giants this Sunday, and I want to say after looking at the Giants, the last few losses they had were by a combined uh, loss total of six points, right? So that's significant. They lost it to the Eagles 23-25. They lost to the Buccaneers, who was a hot team before the Saints got done with them. I mean, before 20-23. And then they lost to Washington 21-22. So the last three times they've, the last three games they've lost have been tightly contested games. So we have to take all this into account. The Giants are maybe figuring it out under Judge. We're getting healthier. How do you see this game shaping out on Sunday? What game yeah. prediction time? Boy, boy, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be better off just throwing darts at like <laughs> you can't trust the Eagles, you can't trust the Giants. It's gonna be a slot fest. Uh, so this is what I'm gonna say. This is where I'm gonna go. I think that the Eagles have had the Giants number the past eight, what it's eight, been four or five eight, years, eight, eight, eight games, four years. Yeah, I'm gonna say that they pull another sticky one out. They pull another sticky one out. Um, but this time the defense actually shows up and it's not. Uh, due to them just not uh, capitalizing on their opportunities. Uh, I think the defense actually steps up this week. They had time to rest. I think Schwartz is going to have them locked in. So I'm looking forward to the defense really showing up and uh, bringing this one home for us. Um, I'm not confident (laughs) in my prediction, (laughs) but I I do believe that uh, we do have the stronger coaching staff. Um, We do have the all-around better team. Um, and typically you do go with a better quarterback. Hopefully Carson can wake up or has been woken up and he comes out and he's the Carson Wentz that I know because um, I don't know who the stranger is wearing number 11 that's been wearing him. Agent uh, 11, season. imposter 11. Seriously, <laughs> imposter 11. Um, so that's my prediction. I'm predicting the Eagles to pull it out in a sticky one, uh, 20 to 17. Honestly, uh, I might have more chance getting Rihanna's number than um, – <laughs> You probably taking an do. accurate prediction for this game because there's so much to co- process when it comes to the confidence in the Eagles, confidence in the Giants, two trash teams playing each other. I'm not going to fall for their, oh, we got Alshon back, we got, we got you know, the receiving core is healthy and the offensive line is healthy. Or like, I don't care about none of that stuff because if your quarterback is turning the ball up four times, it don't even matter. Um, I am not going to go with this better quarterback because I don't. I'm not even sure that's not Daniel. He's not more talented than Carson, but play play wise, Daniel Jones is playing more consistent than Carson Wentz right now. I'm going to go with the most talent on the field, which is the Eagles. So start there. They're going to win the game. That's from the standpoint of the receiving core, the tight end, Miles Sanders is back. Everything else, not about the health, but about like at some point, talent has to prevail, right? Like this logistically, like it has to. <laughs> Um, so I will go with the Eagles victory. That's what they say. I will go with the Eagles victory. I'm gonna go do I'm gonna go with the Eagles scoring twenty eight points to the Giants thirteen. Oh, that's a nice little victory. And that's what I'm saying. That's a that's that's bold. That's, that's a, a bold that's prediction. A, that's a, a bold prediction. And it's not a it's not a fan prediction. I just we played the running game really well and we made we made them one dimensional outside of Sterling Shepard using our zone. Predictably, it was nothing. Slay played tremendously great, and this is without Miles Sanders. This is without – it's just going to be too much for the Giants. And obviously, I acknowledge they're playing well. Six points in the last three games they lost combined by. But the reality is yeah. um, uh, um, offensive line play matters, and playmakers matter. And the playmakers' advantage is with the Eagles. That And that's why I keep it at. Let's get to the bulletin board. <laughs> Well, we run down all the events, things going on, national news that's actually with a Philly twist to it, social and cultural events in the city, and all the news. And honestly, we can't, like, actually get into, like, anything else before we talk about this kind of election 2020 because Philadelphia was the actual epicenter of life. I was down at the convention center out of the last seven days. I was down at the convention center in the front of the guardrails, maybe four of them. And I am checking my temperature, by the way. So people are like, "Oh, you're right there." And COVID spots, and I'm I'm monitoring myself. I'm taking the test. Calm down, people. Uh, <laughs> I monitor the risk. But at this point, Joe Biden currently leads the presidential election by statewide by forty-seven thousand five hundred ninety-one votes. A number that's only rising right now because they have new batches every time. Every time the state actually has ninety-eight percent in actually volunteered the polls on election day. It was a great time. Shout out to 20 and 21 North Grad Street. We held it down North Philly. I was out there beating the pole. <laughs> Sheba's uh, 
They had great jerk chicken. We were getting people out there. I think we, I think at this, uh, we ran out of stickers. We ran out of stickers for the meals at the first hour I was volunteering. Ran out of stickers to like top the container. So I think we might have fed maybe like 200 people easily. More than that, maybe. That's amazing. And so the Philadelphia count today is 575,974 votes for Biden, which actually probably went up since the last time I checked. 81% for Biden and 128,308 for 18% for Donald Trump. Within that time, we've had fraud allegations in the state. We've had the great four seasons total landscaping. I don't want. I want to say that's probably the most hilarious thing I heard until the Paola Bell thing and her son thing happened yesterday in Philadelphia, <laughs> which was like top down <laughs> to the campaign. The four seasons total, four seasons total landscaping thing. I don't know how you can think you're going to booking four seasons downtown, and you book. Um, Four Seasons Total Landscaping in Taconi, North, Northeast Philadelphia. I don't know how you mix that up. Whoever mixed that up, uh, you need to get fired because that's nothing there but train tracks and dust. We have been a hub center for Philadelphia. There is the Fraud Street Run. So if you want if you want to get involved or any kind of situation, they are having the Fraud Street Run. And the Fraud Street Run goes from Philadelphia, <laughs> the Philadelphia Four Seasons downtown, to the... <laughs> Four Seasons Total Landscaping in Northeast Philadelphia. If you want to run, you said the, the the Fraud Street Run. It's called because you know obviously we do have the Broad Street Run, which they canceled because of COVID. This yeah, year. it's called the Fraud Street Run, and the Fraud Street Run goes from the Four Seasons downtown, where they were supposed to book at, to Four Seasons Total Landscaping in Northeast. I met him. Yeah, uh, and speaking of crazy, the COVID count is rising. <laughs> the COVID boy is it. <laughs> Um, the Philadelphia Department of Public Health on Wednesday announced that well, there were 761 additional cases from COVID-19. I imagine today's Thursday. It went up today because this is what happens every day. And according to the Philadelphia Health Commissioner, Dr. Thomas Farley, more important than that, daily cases rise are rising quickly. Yes, yesterday we reported new cases, and today the second most ever. We're entering the most dangerous phase of the pandemic, and everyone and everyone needs to take it seriously. Stay away from others and wear a mask. And I want to say, the stay away from others thing. Obviously, wear a mask, but people don't know personal space anymore. I'm out here social distancing. I'm out here at stores. I'm out here on, on train platforms. I'm out here, you know, whatever. Stop coming on my back. <laughs> Stop coming on, Who on my your back. Like, Who been like, on your back? No, just like I'm in line. Like they're, they, they, you're in line. You have access on the ground. You have things on the ground. Like why do y'all think? I I actually like getting fear. It's it's insane to me. I start. To, I actually yell at people for this stuff. Like not in like in a crazy Karen way, but it's like what are you doing? It's a pandemic. If we're in line at Wawa. Stay on your red circle, lady. What the hell? I was about to say, they got spots for you to stand on. Why are you on my back, bro? Get off my back. That's the warning to the city. That's all I can say. Don't let the stadium open up and restaurants and doors fool you. I'm done by restaurants, by the way. My last, my last food, my last restaurant trip was to Toulouse Garden two weeks ago. I'm not going to the restaurant. I'm good. Listen, listen. I'm not going anywhere. Anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. anywhere. I will be in the house. I, all I need I to do is make my little trip. You won't find me anywhere. I'm making my little trip to the liquor store when I can, and I'm coming back home. Other than that, there's no reason to go out. There's no reason to go out. For what? No, 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 no. And no. for everybody on Twitter, I'm talking about, I'm oh. telling y'all now, Eli, um, CR, when Brent, <laughs> when y'all call me to come out, I'm, I'm not home. going nowhere. The answer is no. Oh, especially James, because I know you, you're an avid listener. Don't don't call me. I'm not coming. Don't call me. Put your be rolling in my bed. You mean, I watch go look at the go look at if you want um go look at some throwback Thursday pics or something. Like I ain't coming up. I'm done. I ain't coming up. I'm done. Respect people if you want to see me, FaceTime me. FaceTime me. Don't even FaceTime me because I'm looking mess. Just look at my pictures, my old pictures of my timeline. <laughs> also, there may be no more traffic pullovers in the city. The Philadelphia council member wants to introduce a bill blaming. Please, from stopping drivers for minor traffic violations. The bill is known as the Driving Equity Bill. Supporters of the bill say black drivers are being pulled over at rates far above white drivers. That's to say, wasting police resources and causing tension. Police Chief Public Defender Keir Bradford Gray said, What we've been seeing in our cities is not a good tool for public safety, but has helped to educate the black community to a point where they do not want to work the police officers to solve crimes, which obviously is rising in their neighborhoods because they've been a target of police intrusion in their lives. Councilman Laura Aziz Thomas introduced the bill last week. People would get a ticket in the mail for small violations like a broken taillight, 
instead of being pulled over by the police. And so, yeah, that would help. I'll take this. I'll take this. This is definitely a start. <laughs> Dude, I'll take it, this for sure. Stop running lights and that's all I be wanting, yo. When I be out driving, I just be when I if I when I get pulled over, the times I have been pulled over, I just be like, yo, just leave me alone. Like I'm not breaking no real laws. I'm not if I was doing one time I got pulled over for doing seven over the speed limit, seven miles over the speed limit. I'm just in my head, I'm just like, leave me alone, sir. I thought like, leave me I'm in the boulevard for yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like, come on, man. I I'm not doing nothing crazy. Bums. And so yeah, just let right. me get let's let me get home. If I can get home. I checked the mail and there's a little four dollar ticket. Y'all can't yellow. Seriously, seriously. I rather have a negative interaction with a police officer. That's what I was about to say. I was about to say it's going to cut down on a lot of that. Also, this week the Asian Film Festival, the it's all virtual. Philadelphia Asian American Film Festival is in full swing, and with the second week of films offering, um, obviously feature films, documentaries, or anything else, you can tune in. As it closes this weekend coming up, as well as live music performances and panel conversations with filmmakers. So that's one. It's the Asian Film Festival. The Gershwin Philadelphia Jewish Film Festival. So we have a, from one film festival to another. The annual Gershwin Film Fe Jewish Film Festival. It's the 40th anniversary. It runs through November 21st. Screens 18 feature films. Philly premieres, two short programs, dance performance and workshops and more. So we have the Asian Film Festival and the Philadelphia Jewish Film Festival, both in town. One is, is digital. Another is primarily digital, but also you can see live movies, support people's cultures. We are an eclectic city, as we know. We're the new Philadelphia. I keep saying it about that guy. I can't get away with that quote. Um, Altrice Alley, the traditional uh, deck the halls of the alley, is going to be digital. It started this Tuesday. Alfred's Alley, as we know, it's, the, it's an old city. If you want to see the alley decked out, go to the website. This week, there's an African-American celebration at Franklin Square. This Saturday, there's stories for little ones. You can you can listen to um, oral historians who pass on their culture through storytelling here. Stories of children from 5 to 12. Brought to you by the African-American Museum in Philadelphia. Please donate to them, by the way. They need all the pennies they can get. Um, after story time, stay for family fun, including the carousel, mini golf, burgers, everything else. Um, I played mini golf before, but not at Franklin Square, now interesting i often find that i have like a whole thing in my head that people who are like are born and raised here they don't start doing things in the city until like they become adults or like not at all because it's just a i know that's weird it sounds weird right so so what it is is you know if we are living in the city for uh the amount of years you have you probably picked up on this but everything is like trendy here so it's like whatever's trending is whatever people are doing and that sounds like, oh, that's just a bunch of followers. In your <laughs> but, I mean, it's just, it's, I'm not saying it's a bunch of followers here because it's not. But whatever's trendy and whatever's popular at the time is what people would do. So if that was never, like, trendy or a thing, it wasn't, like, a big thing. Not to say that nobody ever did it, because I'm sure they have. But <laughs> Also this weekend, there was a Chalk Fest Festival. The Philadelphia Annual Chalk Festival is this Saturday. You can watch colorful works from 14 artists adorn 12 different sites in Philadelphia's Fitchtown and Kinsey neighborhoods. Check the check out the Saturday. You get a festival back. You get self guided tour. There will be chalk on the streets of Kinsey and Fitchtown if you so choose. So that's the rundown. The vote in Pennsylvania is coming. We all know how it's going to go. How it's going. COVID nineteen is on the rise. Mask up. Get off my back. Mask up and get off my cousin back, y'all. Please let's pass this driving equity bill. Stop pulling me over because you think my tail yeah, might be out. It's please, not out, bro. <laughs> the Asian American Film Festival, the Jewish Film Festival, Aldrich Alley is doing the digital Christmas this year. The African American Celebrations of Franklin Square and the Chalk Festival is this weekend. And that is it. We we're rolling through. We're rolling through. Next week we're going to talk about the NBA draft as you as we already know, Sean. The draft is coming up. Hey, hey I'm excited. We'll be really we'll talking about the Eagles Giants post game. Come. And so with this, I'm signing off. Obviously, AJ AJ Brown, hold me down tonight. I need them. No, AJ and I want to acknowledge we are the number one and two people seeds in the family fantasy league right now. That you're one of them too. And these people have no idea what they're doing. Only me and Sean know what we were doing. Uh, that's it. That's it. And and just to throw it out there, I'm also number one in my other league too. My money as league. Well, so I'm as well, so am I. For real? As well, so am I. So the <laughs> clearly the goats of this yeah, so fantasy. So the family thing. has no idea what they're doing. Me and Sean probably end up in a championship <laughs> later on. You're off rods. Yep. By the way, speaking of this <laughs> family, Tyler, we checked our international um listeners. You are not among yeah. them. What's going on, bro? What's up? What's up? Everything my, all right? We ain't hearing from you. Shout out to my listeners in France. Bienvenue. Uh, <laughs> you know, welcome. 
Uh, what up, yo? There was nobody in South Korea. We got somebody from. We got, oh, we got listeners in Canada, Mexico, Philippines, Germany, France, Brazil, <laughs> Ireland, and India last week. Loaded. I love Alu Gobi. <laughs> Lo- love it. Keep listening. Love it. We love all you guys. We're going to keep rolling to episode 11. We will be. We will get the schedule thing down. We are. We are. We are committed to the schedule thing. Um, yes, we will. We will. Once promise. again, I'm one of your hosts, Cance McLean, and I'm joined with. Deshaun the Connect Carter. And this is the Fly Zone episode 10. We are locking out and stay safe out here, people. Peace.